Welcome to another episode of Them Aspergers. Hello. Uh, yes. Anything going on with you? What? You can just Moving on. Yeah. What do you mean, anything going on with me? I don't know. Usually we talk a little bit. We do a little starty offy. A little starty offy. Uh, now the only thing that's gone with me is I am back in sensory therapy. Yes! Oh, that's a good point. We should mention that. I think this is good for you. Well done. What? <laughs> that's it. That's the bit you want to mention. What Good for you, well done, and then that's it. We're done mentioning it. No, I didn't say we're done mentioning it, but I think it's a, it's a good thing. Do you? Yes. And why is that? Because I think you've had some things on your mind recently right and i think this will help will it and what makes you think of this will help because the woman that does it is really nice and she seems to think that it will help <laughs> i mean really so you've been put on sensory therapy again the the reason for it was i think your old social well your social worker but you haven't seen her for a while yeah. about six months ago i think put you on a waiting list for this after you had a car crash well you on on your bike but yeah. you got hit by a car and i think the idea behind it was to get more of a like formal diagnosis for dyspraxia or be given more help with your dyspraxia so she put you on this waiting list to see this sensory therapist but i think it will also be good because um, you're sort of re-going over different sensory things that might help you at work as well. Yeah. <laughs> so I think I think it's probably come at a good time because I think there are, now that you're a sales assistant, you have less control over things at work and I think you are getting a little bit more, having a few more issues with sensory problems. Yeah, I mean, I uh, I didn't know that I was going to go back into therapy. My, yeah, like you said, the social worker had suggested it, but I think it was more of a, because I was trying to apply for PIP yeah. at the time, and I think she thought that, like, it would help with that. But yeah, it's been, it's been all right. It's been interesting. Uh, I brought you with me for yes. this one. Mainly because, obviously, it's still a while till we find out the outcome of your diagnosis, um, but... If you're diagnosed, you live in the same area, you'd be on the same, in the same, well, I don't know what to call it, support group? Yeah, I guess what it is. Uh, and you'd be going through the same thing anyway. Um, but yeah, it was odd because I thought it'd be good for you to come along and I kind of just ignored me going. I just thought that I'm not going to get anything out of it really because I didn't see myself as sensory um, as much as... I suppose in comparison to you, I I don't know. I still see like sensory as, um, do you know, in like the physical stuff. Like yeah. I see you like touching things and like your sensitivity and to sound and that kind of thing. Uh, and they were talking about some of the stuff that we talked about in the therapy. I did kind of just think, oh, yeah, but I'm able to do that 
so it should be fine. Um, like one of the main ones they mentioned, or one of the things I remember is the ability to go into coffee shops and deal with how loud they are in there. Yeah. Uh, and I kind of have always had a, no problem with that. But then, yeah, you and the therapist both were just like, yeah, coffee shops are quite bad. They are quite loud. They're hard to deal with. And I was just kind of thinking, are they? They don't seem that bad. Um, but then she listed all kinds of stuff that I did not realise were related or were sensory in general. Yeah. Um, she's given me like a huge, well not huge, but it's like a five page thing where you tick off stuff and they're like likely, not likely. Uh, just to get a reading of what, you know, what what's going on. Yeah. Because I, I, it's the same therapist I had six years ago. I think about six years ago uh, that I saw this particular therapist that I'm seeing now and she's learned a lot more and she said that she's developed what she does a bit more. So she thinks it'll be helpful for me to do it. I've got like eight sessions um, to do with her uh, and then we'll see. But yeah, I always kind of, I, when I first heard it, I was just kind of thinking like it, it can't really be much for me because I'm not sensory. Uh, that's more for other people on the spectrum, but um yeah, some of the stuff she was saying already, like I was there for how long was the session, like an hour and a half? Yeah. Uh, and some of the stuff she said, I did just kind of think, oh, actually, there is that. Yeah. I mean, she mentioned the executive functioning disorder being linked to the dyspraxia, which is being linked to the Asperger's. Uh, and she said that initially, when you think about it, it doesn't seem that complex. But then when you go into details of it, there's loads of stuff that's connected to it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's that was interesting, and I'll find out more about that as we're doing the sessions. I've got another one not this week, but the week after. Uh, I've got my next one, so I'll see how it is. And she wants to take me to like uh, like a sensory room to deal with. Well, she just said she was wanting to see me walk and things like that, just to see like where stuff is. So it'll be interesting. Because I've never had a, like a formal diagnosis of dyspraxia, and I think this sensory therapist, when I first saw her, couldn't formally diagnose it, uh, but can now. Yeah. So uh, she's going to try and do that. But I think she's going to try and link other things to it. And uh, yeah, you're right. Like I was saying to her, when she said she had a six-month waiting list, and had I have seen her six months ago, uh, I don't think like... That was that bad, but lately, like with work and like I think like life in general, I feel like I'm seem to be higher levels of yeah stress at the moment. Um, so it's it's kind of handy that I've moved into this therapy now because I feel like it's come at a better time than say six months ago when I'd have been a bit like I don't know why I'm here. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what the point of this is. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. I think it's come at a good time for you. Hmm. Yeah, because you said you noticed I'm a bit more stressed lately than I usually am. Yeah, and just talking about um, things that are bothering you. Yeah. You've been mentioning certain things quite a lot that are coming up. So I, I definitely think this is a, a good time. Yeah, if I'm honest, though, I mean, it's only been not very long, but like, for example, today, you haven't really mentioned those things at all which is nice it's the first time in a while that you haven't so I think you you do seem a little bit better so that's good I I feel like you seemed a little bit better straight away basically after the first session even though you didn't really go through much with her it did seem like it was almost like a bit of a weight lifted don't know that was weird that 
coming out of the therapy session, you uh, felt a little bit like you were a bit worn out by it. Yeah, I uh, yeah, I don't. I didn't even speak when I was in there, but things like that. I don't know. I find it quite. Um, I think it's because I start. I think about it a lot afterwards. Like my brain sort of goes over everything and try and piece things together. And yeah, I find it a little bit exhausting. Yeah, I suppose. but not in a not in a bad way. I wasn't, you know, like awful or anything afterwards. I was just at work and I found myself being a little bit more distracted than usual. And when I'm distracted, I find it more difficult to mask. Why? What did the therapy? I mean, I mean, obviously it was me that was having it, but you were sat through the whole thing. Like, what was it about it that made you tired out? I suppose, or uh, it was just because obviously she's going through a lot of questions that are uh, linked to autism or autism related. And it was just thinking about, oh yeah, I never really considered that to be a thing that was linked to autism, but now, now she said it, I can see that or there's a lot of stuff she was saying that i related to yeah um yeah it just i think i was just thinking about all the things that were discussed in the appointment really yeah it was it was interesting yeah because obviously once you're diagnosed um once we've done that and you've been to well you've you've had your therapy and been diagnosed I mean, not had your therapy, had your sessions and been diagnosed. It'll obviously put you into therapy anyway, which is like a normal follow-on thing. And we were talking about it yesterday, I think, where we were talking about what it's going to happen when you go into therapy. And you've had the same realisation that I suppose I had after I got diagnosed. Where I, I think I've mentioned before as well in episodes where you get, I got diagnosed because I thought once I would got diagnosed, I could fix it. All the things that I did that bothered me about my Asperger's. Uh, I just thought, well, now I know what it is. Now I know what I'm looking for. Now I know how to fix it. And the therapy was not that. The therapy was not to fix my Asperger's. It was not to get me um, doing things. Like I mentioned before, like I wanted to enjoy stuff, uh, have like motivation, goals, that kind of thing. Uh, And basically BNT uh, with aspects of my life. Uh, so I thought getting a diagnosis and getting myself, you know, legally, whatever, yeah. uh, that I'd then go into therapy and we'd know what it was and then we'd work on it. And even though I know that Asperger's autism is a is a thing you're born with and is something that you'll always have and there's no like cure for it or you can't teach yourself not to be autistic. Like I can teach myself how to not appear autistic but I can't teach myself to not be autistic. And like the difference being is that when you teach yourself to not appear autistic, it just means that you're not doing it in public. You're not doing it all the time, but it doesn't mean that it's not going to happen. Usually the stuff that I suppress or hide or don't do in public will just come out later somewhere else, you know? Yeah. Um. So I thought the therapy would be that, that they just teach me how to not be autistic and how to control it and how to... Um, <clears throat> do away with it I suppose uh, and then my life would go back to normal like I initially got the diagnosis just because I thought there would be care that came with it that would sort it out and the therapy after would be you know w- would teach me that I'd tell them what I wanted you know they always ask you what did you want out of these sessions I say what it is 
and then they fix it. But that's obviously not what happened. And I've told you that a few times now. Yeah, I know. I've told you that's what happens when you get diagnosed and go into therapy. They're not going to teach you how to get rid of it or control your autism. They're just going to teach you how to manage it and deal with it better. Um, But obviously, you said that you're okay with that. You said that you understood that that's what might happen once you're (laughs) diagnosed. Uh, But then yesterday you had like this weird realization that even though I told you like a few times that they'll never teach you how to like get rid of it or change certain things that you're not happy with. Um, And you seemed okay with that. But then, yeah, you said yesterday that you, uh, even though you've heard me say it, thought it, you haven't really, um, it hasn't really like, dawned on you that that's what's going to happen with you as well yeah well I think like we've said before we're both quite different um and I think in my head I was listening to you say it and it wasn't like I didn't believe you because I did but I think there was a part of me that thought yeah like for your stuff I get that but for my stuff for example like I overreact to things uh and my overreactions I figured that you don't have that that's not really a thing that you do right yeah so surely I'd be able to fix that. And I, I think when I started thinking about it more, I think I don't... Well, I do. I do overreact to things, but I don't think it's that thing that I'm overreacting to. Like, uh, something is causing me to have a massive overreaction, but I think it probably all stems from my anxiety that was another thing that I didn't really think I had until I was thinking about it more and... So with the new job, there was someone at work that wanted uh, a lift home. And I didn't want to give them a lift home. But the more I thought about it, it wasn't even because it was inconvenient or I'd have to travel a bit further or anything like that. It wasn't even necessarily like the small talk I'd have to have on the giving them a lift home. It was just the fact that I don't like people in my space. Like I don't want people in my world even but the idea of having someone else in my car was what was causing me all this like I don't want you there um it was yeah just the idea of having someone in my car gives me anxiety and it I think like it's stuff like that that leads to my overreactions like in the same way I I wouldn't ever have anyone around my flat because I don't like people in my space I don't want anyone touching my things moving things doing things differently And even though, like, I knew that when she was in my car, she wouldn't start moving things around in my car, just the whole idea of it gets me worked up and just makes me feel really uncomfortable. And when situations like that do arise, um, like, if I have ever had anyone around my flat, it's so stressful for me that it causes, like, later on this overreaction to something else. And I think I'm realising that now, that it is to do with other things that have made given me anxiety not just to do with people in my space but also to do with like um I get a little bit anxious about time management if because like we said on the previous episode you uh think of time as having loads of time and I sort of do the opposite and I never think that there's enough time and I think that gives me like an anxiety that leads to an overreaction but yeah, I think because this stuff is different to you, like you you don't have the same problems. You don't get like super anxious over 
the same things that I do that I think I just figured with my stuff it would be fixable like there would be a way that I could all of a sudden be okay with someone in my space or there would be a way that I could all of a sudden be okay with um not having enough time to do something and I would be okay with not overreacting to something that doesn't need overreacting and I'm also really stuck in my routines so if my routine gets changed that messes with me like if I have a certain time to do something and then for some reason I have to do it at a different time that's something that causes me a little bit of uh I don't know, I get a bit on edge about it. I don't like stuff like that. And I think I just figured that there'd be a way for me to overcome these things. Even though I knew you'd said it. Because my stuff's different to yours, I think I just thought, but with my stuff, there'll be a way. There'll be a way of me being okay with this. I suppose. I thought initially what you were saying there was you thought that before diagnosis and before therapy, I used to be like you. And that the things that you obviously have meltdowns about, uh, freak out about, get anxiety about, are things that I used to do, and then I got diagnosed, I went into therapy, and now I don't do them. So I didn't know if you were just looking at me and watching the things that weren't bothering me that would bother you and thinking, well, maybe therapy did that, and that's why he's doing it. But I guess that's because you didn't know me before any of that. Like, it's been a while since I was in therapy, it's been a few years, so I guess you've never seen me like pre-therapy. So, yeah, I mean, I, is that what you're saying? That you think that I had way more problems, way more issues and that kind of thing, but therapy has, in a way, taken those away yeah, from me? Yeah, I think, yeah, maybe. Not, like, completely. I didn't, like, don't get me wrong, I didn't think I was going to be cured of everything or never overreact to anything again. I think I just thought I'd come up with ways to deal with it that would be better because you are a bit like that. You do deal with things quite well. But, yeah, I don't know. I don't really know what I thought. It's just, yeah, I did have this realisation yesterday that I'm not going to... Like, I can... I'm sure it will help and it will help with certain things, but ultimately I won't be able to change my personality no and like I said it's about acceptance um, and that's the thing it's something that you don't really consider Um, I know a lot of people out there go for diagnosis for various reasons Uh, mine initially like I said was I think I did what you're planning on doing I think I like I wanted a diagnosis because diagnosis left to well led to Uh, different types of therapy that would handle just Asperger's. Uh, And I thought that diagnosis, Asperger therapy, I'd list all the things that I didn't want to be a problem, all the things I've got issues with and all the things I want fixing, and they fix them because that's how it is. For some reason, it didn't occur to me that the things that were happening with me... Do you know what I mean? Because you watch, like, telly or programs and then there's people, like... I suppose neurotypical people go into therapy, they find out what the problem is that's wrong with them, the therapist explains them how to how it's a learnt behaviour and how to unlearn it and learn a different behaviour yeah. and fix it. And you just assume that that's what's going to happen, that you get diagnosed and then they're going to help you uh, not be autistic anymore. Um, even though you you learn, one of the first things you learn is that it's, it's permanent, uh, you have it forever, you've had it your whole life. Um, there's never been like a day that you'll remember or ever had where it wasn't a thing. Um, 
And the diagnosis isn't really to fix things. You don't really get diagnosed to fix your own behaviours or to fix your life. That's not really what they're for. Um, they help with explanations of stuff and it helps with uh, understanding yourself a bit more and it helps with, do you know what I mean, getting changes made where you need to get changes where maybe unofficially diagnosing yourself wasn't going to get anything put in place, but an official diagnosis by like some medical professionals will get it in place. But that's all it's for really is just, yeah, is if you need changes made, it's easy to get them with a diagnosis. If you want to accept, I suppose, what you are, it's easier if you've got an official diagnosis that explains it a bit better by people that have seen loads of different variations of the same thing and they're explaining to you better what it means. And having a name for something that you're not sure why you're different and then looking it up and recognising that you, you know, you read stuff about Asperger's and you just sort of go, oh, that's what it is. It's this, it's autism. I just didn't really think anything of it, but I'm glad it's got a name and then you can look up like, you know what I mean? And it's things like our Facebook group and it's things like other social media pages and that kind of thing where people give like coping mechanisms and things they've tried. So the things you can try and there's that whole like community to it. But if you're getting diagnosed because you want to change your behavior, I don't feel like Asperger's is one of those things where you can change your behavior. No. I don't feel like it's something that you can make alterations and you can prepare yourself for stuff and you can, um, do you know what I mean, have the experience and be aware of the big things that are going to happen in your life and you know that they're going to have an effect on you and you know you're going to react. But I, I don't feel like there's a way of stopping it. And so, yeah, it's interesting that you thought getting diagnosed would help and that getting diagnosed means somebody would teach you how to be less burglary, you know? Yeah. I think um, another thing that uh, might have crept into why I started worrying about this was something I was thinking about at work the other day. I was thinking about, um, like, if I do get diagnosed, will I tell my work? Not for any reason of... Because where I work now, I don't feel like there's much that could be changed that would help. It's already quite well suited for me. Like, I basically just sit at a desk and I can put noise-cancelling headphones on and work away. So there's not... For me, it's, it's quite a good job for any issues that I might be having. So it's not that I would tell them because of adjustments that need to be made for me, but maybe just to give them a heads up on if I don't behave always in a way that, you know, they would expect. Because, you know, sometimes someone asks me something. A big one for me is when you get in at the start of the day and people go, oh, how are you? And I forget to, like, I'll just go, I'm good, thanks walk off and I forget to do the how are you back and that's a real big thing for me especially like coming on a Monday and people go what did you get up to in the weekend I'll be like not much and then I forget to ask them what about you and do stuff like that a lot so I wasn't sure whether to tell them just to maybe like almost explain some of my behavior but then when I started thinking about it more and probably went into more of an obsessive thought process about this but I was thinking about what I thought of as autism and Asperger's before, not even before considering myself that actually, but before I met you. Right. Because I met you and didn't find out that you had Asperger's until 
think about six months into knowing you. Right. Um, I just, about six months in, someone at work said it. And I went, what? Nikki? And I think up until that point, because there's not much information, there's a little bit more out there now. Because, I mean, this was about two and a half years ago, three years ago. Like, there's, there is slightly more information out there now, but there's still not a lot of information. I think up until that point, I did have in my head an idea of what it was. And I didn't really understand at all, like, what it was like. Yeah. And I think, um, yeah, I think I had this worry that if I tell them, maybe they'll, because I'm quite quiet and I don't talk that much, they haven't really got a chance to know me and see what I'm like as a person. So they might just instantly have this idea in their head of what someone on the spectrum... Sorry, I know we keep, I keep saying on the spectrum. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, but I mean, that, yeah. I mean, that yeah. wasn't me that said that. Uh, on the autistic end of the spectrum. Um, I don't want them to have this preconceived idea of what that is and then start treating me differently or as though I might be less aware. Yeah, do you think that... Um... If people know about your autism before they meet you. So, for example, yeah, um, when you met me at work, had before any of this, if somebody had said to you, oh, yeah, one of the supervisors that will be working with you has autism. He's got yeah. Asperger's. You haven't met him yet, but you'll meet him on, say, like Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, and just so you know, he's got Asperger's. They don't tell you it in any other like reference of... Because I've had that. I've had people say it about me, um, even though it's got no relevance. There's no, yeah. like, I'm telling you this because you're going to do this with him and you might notice things are weird. They're not saying it, like, as a warning to sort of say, I'm telling you this because he's going to start doing stuff that you might think is a bit odd or he might do things a bit differently. Just for sake of, I'm just going to tell you because I don't know why, but I'm going to tell you anyway. Um, would that have made you behave differently, look at me differently, or would you have thought about it when you met me? So not so much like, oh, I'm going to treat him different because he's autistic, but... Would you have been, like, in the back of your mind when I say and do stuff, would you be thinking, like, he doesn't seem that? Like, he's not doing this? Yeah, I don't think it would have been the he doesn't seem that. But I think it would have been in the back of my head sort of a... So, why is he behaving like that? Is he putting it on? Like, are you pretending to not be... I don't really know. I don't know what it is. I But I've got this thing in my head, and maybe it's not even to do with them treating me differently but perceiving me differently, which it's not something that I really care about, but I also don't want people to look at me in a way like I can't handle myself yeah. because of it. And that I think that's the main issue I have, is I think because of the lack of awareness, which I definitely had myself before meeting you, I think I just thought that it was this thing that, when people had it, they weren't... I think, yeah, I think I just had the perception of a child on the spectrum and figured that you never really... You don't become an adult, which sounds really stupid, but I think I just... I didn't know any um, autistic adults. So I didn't know that you can be autistic and, you know, be a perfectly independent adult that yeah like some people need more support some people need less support but ultimately you still have a, a working brain and you can still do a lot of things for yourself in a lot of cases of people with autism 
I think, yeah, I think I just don't want to be perceived. No, I don't think I'm wording this very well. I don't think I can explain well, I how I want mean. to. But yeah, I just don't want people to all of a sudden think that I'm less of a person. I really, I don't know. It's just something I've been thinking about a lot because I know how I am. I know that I can cope with a lot of things. I know that I can... You know, I can live by myself and I can manage myself and I don't need uh, a, a carer. And I feel like there'd be this... I don't know. I don't know. I'm explaining this hideously, aren't I? Well, no, I mean, I know what you mean. Um, obviously, where I work now, there is changes in management. So we're getting other yeah. people in from other places to run the store while they're still trying to find a new store manager. Um, and yeah, I, I do know, I can always tell which ones have been told about me and which ones haven't based on how I'm being treated. Yeah. Um, like the one we've got now, you can tell he knows and like he can be a bit patronizing um, with yeah. some of the things he says to me or does or treats me like, you know, for some people, even though I've been doing the job for four plus years, even though I was management for like four at least years of that um people still like behave that like from if they're from outside and haven't worked with me really they behave like i like you said they they talk down to me in a way that suggests not that i'm younger but they treat me like i'm not even though i'm older than most people that i work with Um, there's only one other person that i've ever worked with since working there that's older than me everybody else is younger than me but they talk to me like i'm younger than them do you know what I mean? Like, if I do something that's considered, I don't know, a bit different, they talk to me, like, in a sort of, like, you're all right there. Like, I get a lot yeah. of that. Um, and it is solely down to the autism. And if you look at the way I am and the way I behave in the place, like, I would say there's nothing I do that warrants that kind of, like, mentality towards me. But because they know about it and because they're using their limited knowledge on what they think autism is you do get people that are just, you know I mean? They almost like have that sympathetic, but almost slightly patronizing of, oh, it's good. It's good that you've got a job. You know, it's good that they're letting you do things. And you do get that sometimes. I don't get it with everybody, but I have had it. Um, So I get what you mean. And obviously if you don't tell anybody about your autism, they just treat you the same way as everybody else. And you know that you can do, I mean, with what you're doing now, you know you can do the job the same way as everybody else. And you're not diagnosed and you've not told anybody that you're in the process of being diagnosed. You've not told anybody that there's the possibility that you could be autistic that in any way yeah. can influence anything. And you're doing the job fine. You know, there's no trouble and that kind of thing. The only reason I told people initially, well, actually, I don't know with this job because I got this job based on somebody else I knew at a previous job. And at the previous job, I had to tell them because I think I've mentioned before I was close to getting fired um so i got my diagnosis they brought in weirdly this therapist that i'm seeing now i totally forgot that at the time she came in and made them put changes in uh and i kept my job and everything was fine and everything worked well and the trouble is is the job i've got now the person that hired me for this job is the girlfriend of a previous person i used to work with so she already knew and she already went about, you know, telling the HR department because, you know, once you come out with it and once you tell people that you've got it, you know what I mean? They, everyone panics. They have to do like risk assessments. And yeah. So they had to do one of them, which made everybody else realize they had it. And then word got round. So for me now, like it would be hard for somebody to come into the job uh, and not know I was uh, autistic. And like I said, a lot of people, 
do treat you differently because of it. And because I'm less in control of this, my own situation now, it's why I'm having to start using... Uh, they started putting yellow filters on the tills for me because it's something I should have always had anyway. But um, since I've had my risk assessment, it's something I asked for. Yeah. So now I have the yellow filters. So when people look at my tills, they see the yellow filters. Uh, and obviously I've got the headphones too, like yourself, that I put on when the store starts getting too loud, which is something I should have always had as well. But, you know, they never got around to doing it and now they have. So, like, I've got two things. Do you know what I mean? Like, I I feel like I'm being kept away from the public because the person we've got at the moment, I think it feels that I shouldn't be around the public that much because, you know, it might, he, I think he thinks it might be stressful for me and, and stuff like that, which is fair enough. Like, um, if anything, it has been handier not talking to them. I get what he's doing it, but equally, I, he hasn't said that's what he's doing and it's not something I asked for. So uh, it's hard for me. And, you know, for those of you that are listening to this that are on the spectrum, if somebody doesn't clarify their action, you can't work it out that well because, you know, there's that whole being able to read people in a way that you can work out what they're doing or why they're doing it. Um, Whereas people on the spectrum tend to, we can fly off the handle a little bit too soon or like immediately because we've misinterpreted what's happening. So it could just be that the jobs he's got me doing is because I'm the best at those jobs and he needs me doing them for now while the store's trying to recover. But equally, he could be giving me these jobs because these jobs are like the back of house, uh, not talking to anybody that's the public jobs and he's worried about how I'll interact with strangers. Um, do you know I mean, he hasn't said either way. He's just done it. And, you know, I, I just feel like being doing this job, giving the yellow filter headphones, Yeah, it, it makes me appear more autistic which i've noticed that some of the other people that used to work with me when i was their boss that i work with now have started talking to me in a way that suggests that i'm like you know special needs yeah uh, so these are like people that i've worked with that i was in charge of them that have never seen me in any other way like you said you only realized that i was on the spectrum six months in and that's just because somebody told you yeah and the person that told me they didn't uh they didn't tell me to be like oh yeah that's because nikki's autistic they were saying it because they thought they were and they were just saying like i think i am like nikki and i was like what yeah yeah and that's with most people that know me they when they find out i am autistic they always usually say oh we couldn't tell you wouldn't be able to know you were um or they're like surprised when they hear it yeah if it's something that's never come up and then they hear it there's like really i wouldn't have thought that i get that a lot but like when you're told like especially with these guys he's got it do you know what I mean like it makes them look at you differently and the things you do that anybody else would do they put that like autistic spin on it yeah so I can see why you wouldn't want to tell the people you work with because I know one of the things that is you know one of I suppose that was happening you were saying it the other day so like with the job you're doing now you're really good at it you go you're doing really well with it like you seem to be grasping it really quickly um and they were saying that you were like like smashing through the training really yeah. easily um and i said oh and you said that one of the reasons you didn't want them to know that you were on the, that you were autistic is because you were worried that if you said that they'd be like oh that explains this then yeah i didn't want them to take away from me i had no because a really stupid thing because it could be because i'm autistic i'm understanding it it could like i think it's just the way my brain works the job is quite suited for my brain mm. i wouldn't say that it's suited for every autistic brain i think like just with my the way i am i really like numbers i really like um logic and things like that and that's what it is so i i am 
a little bit ahead of um, most of the other people in my training group. But yeah, I did feel a little bit defensive. Like, oh, if I told them, they might go, oh, so she's getting the hang of it so much because she's autistic. And there was a part of me that, again, I'm jumping to conclusions because I haven't said this to them, but there was a part of me that thought about it and then thought, no, you don't get to take anything away from me. Like, I've, I'm doing well because I'm clever. <laughs> but um, I think it sort of begs the question of like, why would you want to tell people these why would you not want to tell people and I have all these reasons for not wanting to tell people of the whole I don't want them to perceive me differently and I do think that unless I said it to someone and they were like oh that's interesting let's sit down and you tell me like every aspect of it and like how you are unless they did that they're never going to understand so they could go one of two ways they could think it's nothing or they could think it's my whole life and there's nothing else to me but autism do you know what I mean? And if I don't explain it properly, then they would just put on me whatever their perception of Asperger's is based on some person they know or what they've seen on TV or just what they think it is. And that's what will just be put on me. Um, the reason that I would want to tell them though is because there is also a difference. Like you, I am different from the other people in my training group and it is quite noticeable. So like, like I said with the, how are you and me just going, I'm fine. Unless I actively remember, which sometimes I do, sometimes there's a bit of a pause and then I go, oh, how are you? But sometimes I forget. And then it will be like later on my lunch break that I think, oh, I forgot to do it. I forgot to ask them back. And then that so it's things like that that are kind of noticeable um we get three breaks every day like two 15 minute ones one half an hour one and on every single break they all hang out together like they tend to socialize and mingle on the 15 minute ones I sit like in view of them but just put my headphones on and don't talk to anyone I'm either like doing a Rubik's Cube or reading or just sitting there listening to music and then on my half hour one I just completely disappear because I go upstairs and sit in this like private pod thing on my own so I think that's noticeable about me um another thing I've discovered well I always knew I had but I didn't really know the word for it until the other day is I've got selective mutism I think it's called Uh, I might be getting this a little bit wrong so I've done some research and it sounds very much like what I've got but because we're in a training room there's 11 of us and then the trainers um they will sometimes like want to talk either we'll go around in a circle and talk about like what we did at the weekend or we'll just answer questions or they'll be waiting for people to shout out and ask if they have any questions about the training they're doing and I can't do any of that I even if I want to, even if I've got a question and I really want to know the answer because I want to do the job well, I can't do it in under those circumstances. I can't shout out in a group of people. There was at one point where we had a different trainer that asked us to put our hands up. And with that concept, I was fine. I could put my hand up and ask a question because he was then asking me and like inviting me to talk. But if no one invites me to talk, I can't just shout out in front of people. I can't, like, I don't know why. I try, even when I really want to. But there was one time where I really, really wanted to ask a question. And I managed to get it out. But it was a whisper. And I'm not even joking. I 
had no idea why it hadn't come out at any volume I just mumbled it under my breath and then sort of went oh that was rubbish and I'd proper psyched myself up to get it out as well and I never got an answer I had to ask the trainer one-on-one a little bit later to which then the trainer was like well why didn't you just ask in the group and then I felt stupid so I'd like to have an explanation for that because it gets mentioned a lot a lot of people say to me oh you're really quiet you never talk and that's the reason I can't I don't do well in big groups I can do one-on-one if someone starts talking to me one-on-one I'll be able to talk to them probably but in the group setting it doesn't work and I think like I'd just like to have an explanation to some of my behaviors that I guess are considered a little bit different like they all like say they're all quite sociable they all want to go to the pub on a Friday night after work and that's just not what I want to do I don't I just want to sort of get in, do my job and go home. And I think I would like to be able to explain that. But again, it's weird. I just don't want people to think of me as different. Yeah. Um, So what, your reason for, I suppose, getting diagnosed, you obviously don't, you don't want to, you don't want to, to the therapy, I don't know if you were trying to get diagnosed because you thought... The therapy would fix you. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if that's why initially you did it, but obviously you're starting to realise that that probably isn't going to happen. Um, and obviously you're not going to use it for work yeah. because you don't want to be treated differently. Yeah. Um, which is fair enough, uh, like I say. So, I mean, you're just doing it to so you know. I yeah. I The reason I wanted to get diagnosed ultimately was just for myself, for my own brain to be able to go ah okay that makes sense now like now I understand why I've always felt a little bit different and now I know why I do that and there's a big difference between me now and me prior to any conversations of me potentially having Asperger's I think over the past year my behavior started changing it's probably like I've almost become more obvious but I think it's because I've started to accept myself a lot more, which I think is a good thing. So, yeah, it might not be a good thing that I'm probably a little bit less sociable. Not that I was ever really sociable in the first place, but I'm less so. And maybe I am a little bit more structured in my routines and I probably do allow myself more sensory things than I've ever had. But I think that's a good thing because I think it's put me under a lot less stress in myself. I think before, because I didn't know why I was doing things, I was just forcing myself to do things that weren't good for me. And I think I ended up like the, the amount of times that I would go and do something really social. And even if I'd had quite a good time, like I'd hung out with a, a few friends, we'd done something quite nice. I'd get back home and think that was quite a good night. And then all of a sudden, just have the biggest meltdown, just like burst into tears and cry and feel awful. But it's because I didn't realise that I'd, you know, there were so many sensory things that were bothering me, but I didn't really notice that, like, I didn't know what they were. So I think now I do probably, my behaviour is, like, I think 
before had I been in this job I would be hanging out with them every lunchtime because I'd think like I need to I need to appear normal so that's what they're doing so that's what I'll do I'll hang out with them but I imagine I'd have come home every night feeling really stressed because I'd put myself you know I'd been trying to socialize I'd been trying to say make up conversations with people and I'm not very good at stuff like that and uh, yeah I think that would have put me under all of this stress whereas now I come home and I feel fine um like it was how was work yeah it was fine I don't really have that so I yeah I think the even though I'm not actually diagnosed yet I just have become a lot more accepting of myself and I know what bothers me and I know what I can do and I think before I had the idea of autism I just thought well I can't I can't not socialize because everyone socializes and that's normal and that's what I should do. Whereas now I'm like, I can do what makes me comfortable. Yeah. Which I think has been a really good thing for me ultimately because I, I've i just sort of, yeah, I've accepted myself. And someone asked me the other day, like, oh, do you ever, do you, do you like hang out or anything? And I was like, no, I don't really like socializing. They didn't know anything to do with being on the spectrum. They did look at me a bit sort of, what did you just say? And I just thought, I don't really like socialising. And I think I've got to this point where I am quite accepting of the way I am with things like that. Yeah, you just tell people, but you don't have to say it. It's because, um, I guess that's, yeah, I mean, because that's slightly different in me because like every time somebody asks me to do something or do you want to go out or do you want to do that? Like, because I'm at a place where everybody knows anyway. Yeah. I then just go, nah, I'm all right. And, uh, you know, people just go, oh, yeah, yeah, we know. Yeah, we know. We know. <laughs> well, I suppose with you, you can say, no, I'm all right. I don't like socializing. And people will still be like, oh, that's weird. I wonder why. Um, but, yeah, giving a reason, not giving a reason. I suppose the end result's the same. Yeah. You're still not going out with these people. Um, and, yeah, I suppose for me, there's there's that level of they understand but then with you, it's like, well, they don't socialize. I mean, because to be fair, there is another guy that I work with who doesn't go out, doesn't, nobody sees him outside of work. Every time he's ever been invited to anything to do with everybody that I ever worked with, like, do you want to go to this? Do you want to go to that? He always won't go. Yeah. And, you know, some people just don't bother asking him anymore because they know what his answer is going to be. And some people just, you know, out of politeness will ask him anyway, just in case. So he's had the invite. Yeah. Um, but he's never gone to anything. No one ever sees him outside of work. You see him at work yeah. and that's it, you know. And um, somebody told me once that they found, saw him outside of work and they bumped into him and he didn't talk to them. He just kind of pretended like he didn't see them and then walked off. Um, but nobody's like saying anything. And people have got their theories on why he is the way he is. Um, but because he's not got anything official or nothing that's got a name People just sort of go, oh, yeah, you know, that's just that's just how he is. But it doesn't affect the way he does his job. No one thinks no. he's bad at his job. No, and so, so like, yeah, there is that level of like, same with you. Like, it, it's not like people need to know. I suppose as long as there's not like this big reason. It's not like, it's like if you're doing badly or like if there was like something happening there that was having a huge impact that could have be sorted if you'd just tell him. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, because yeah, that's the problem I guess you have is when you tell someone they do look at you differently. Yeah, they do. Um, even if they know you, like I said, it's happening to me now. Like now I've got these headphones and I've got these yellow filters and I'm not being asked to go on tills. I have seen even the people that have known me a while look at me differently. 
treat me differently. And even sometimes when I say something, um, they kind of dismiss it, you know, and it'll be something that they know I know about because it's something that I used to do all the time, you know, beforehand. But now when I say it, they're just like, yeah, but is that true? Do you know what I mean? So I am getting this, this kind of almost, and, and you know what I mean? Like it's just because everybody I work with, they're not really sure what it is. Their understanding of autism is me. Yeah. Uh, and I'm their like frame of reference, I suppose. And for some reason they've ignored my ability. It's kind of almost what it feels like at the moment for me. It kind of feels like I've just caught autism. Like I wasn't autistic yeah. and it's only recently that I've managed to, do you know what I mean? Like, I was an autistic and all of a sudden I've just, I've, I've got it from somewhere. Something's happened and now I am. Um, do you know what I mean? Like, cause the fact that I stepped down from management to a lower position voluntarily because I thought it'd be better for me. Do you know what I mean? And like the second I did that, I'm needing headphones, I'm needing filters, I'm needing this, I'm needing that. Do you know what I mean? Like some people are just, I think for a lot of people, they think something's happened. Yeah. I think they thought that I was like empty and together and whatever and functioning and then something's happened and now I'm not yeah which is a really interesting thing like when you is another thing like that I've noticed is like if you find out that you've got something that was always there always part of your autism but now you like for example with your executive function disorder there is this almost like thing of oh so you've got that now and it's like no that's something that you've had forever it's just you didn't know the word for it before but it doesn't change things you don't need to all of a sudden do things differently because you've had it for for 33 years you've always it's always been there just because you're now aware of it doesn't mean that it's a difference and yeah it'd be the same as if i told someone that i was potentially on the spectrum wouldn't mean that they need to change the way they've been with me i mean i've worked in the job that i've worked in for well, it's six weeks now. So if if they've already been a certain way with me for the past six weeks, you wouldn't all of a sudden change the way you've been. It's worked fine up until now. I haven't just changed. I'm exactly the same as I was before. It's just now you're aware. But yeah, just some people do. Some yeah. people, they they hear about it. It makes them behave differently. They're not sure how to be. And I guess if you've got no real understanding of it, it's just something you've heard every now and then. And you've got some references with, I don't know, characters in a TV show yeah. or stuff like that. You, you're not sure how you're supposed to be. So you're not sure what you're supposed to say, do, that kind of thing. I get it. Uh, and that has got something to do with like awareness and being spread about. But um, it just sort of, it just changes people's perceptions of you. Like, I know I got diagnosed with the intention of using it as like a shield to protect myself and to use it when I needed to use it in public. So uh, equally, I can't complain about how I'm being treated a lot of the time because I kind of did it to myself. Um, and obviously, in your case, you wanted diagnosis just so you were sure. I've noticed that's one of the main things you keep saying is you keep saying like, even with this podcast, and even though this podcast is called Them Asperger's, um, you keep saying, yeah, well, we don't know yet. We don't know yet. I like, do, yeah. Do uh, saying that. And like when we went to the therapy, when I brought you to the sensory therapy and you sat in on it, I mentioned you to the therapist a couple of times while we were while I was having the therapy saying, oh, yeah, Scarlett does this. Or that's the same. And this like tick thing I've got of things that are related to it. I keep saying, oh, you've got this and you've got that. And you keep saying, yeah, but like, I feel like a fraud. You know, I haven't got, I haven't got anything official. So I don't know if I should be sat in there or I don't know if I should be considering this. Or, yeah. 
Because um, there was like a bit where I was talking to the therapist and saying at some point she's probably going to see you. And she was like, oh, I think I am seeing you. I think you're on my waiting list. Um, and then she realized it was someone else. And you were all like, yeah, well, I won't be on your waiting list because I'm not, I'm not one of them yet. So I feel like you need the diagnosis for that. But yeah, it yeah. hadn't occurred to me that you'd realized that you thought that with the therapy that was coming, that once you were diagnosed, you'd have a better handle of things. Because I know that you have meltdowns not as frequently as you used to, to be fair. It has been a while since yeah, you've had like one. Yeah, like I said, I think I have grown. But, you know, that could be change of job. The way you're working now is much better for you, much suited, like yeah, really suited to yeah, you. And it's, it it's a much better place to work. Um, like you seem to be enjoying it and the people you work with seem to be nice and it's, you seem to be like way more into it. You said that you were glad that you don't do the job that I do now yeah. and you understand that it was bad for you. Yeah. And that could have had a hand in like your meltdowns and it could be that you've just gone somewhere that's just much better uh, and that's why. But it's it's hard to tell because, you, yeah, you could just be more accepting and, you know, I've taught you some techniques uh, to deal with it. Yeah. You've learned from me that accepting it. But then equally, yeah, yesterday was the first time you've said that it's never really occurred to you that you're not going to be able to change some of the things you do. Because we were talking about one thing in particular that you do and you were talking about changing it and I was telling you that it doesn't matter. Uh, it is just how you are. And I wouldn't worry about changing it and more about accepting it. And you seemed annoyed that that was your only option. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's it's interesting. It seems like you're only getting diagnosed. So, you know, because the other things that you initially wanted, like I said, like the therapy. But you got to remember you're in a different place now, I think, from it's taken it's taken a while to get to the stage right now uh, yeah. with your diagnosis. So I think it's it's kind of like yeah you at the time you wanted to like with the job you were doing with me I did a autistic risk assessment for you because I used to do my own ones for people in the company and you know I, I did my own one and I did you one yeah uh, just to send off to our HR department so that you could have changes in place if you needed to because it seemed like the place was stressing you out um but you never needed to use them and nobody else knew about it. You said you wanted me to pass it on to the HR department but not tell anyone. So you've always had this air of, I don't want people knowing. Um, like your parents know to some point, and obviously anybody that knows me that listens to this knows, but people we used to work with still have no idea. Yeah. Um, they're still trying to find this podcast. Um, like I get asked, I'm getting, since you've gone, I've been asked regular. I haven't mentioned it, but like there's a few people that keep asking me what it's called. Uh, how to find it what's it about and some people think it's about veganism and some people have tried to guess it's about political stuff and then some other people have tried to guess it's about horror related things um the fact that we both do it for some people that's been confusing to them because they've just gone well it can't be this because it's both of them and loads of people are still trying to guess what the <laughs> podcast's about but i know that you don't want people knowing so i just told them that i'm I, what i'm doing now is i'm just going i'm not going to tell you they're like, yeah, but what is it? I was like, doesn't matter, I'm not going to say. Yeah, but what's it even slightly about? And I was like, doesn't matter, not going to tell you. Um, and I haven't said it. And because you didn't say you've got it, and because a lot of people don't know what Asperger's is, no one's ever made that connection with you. I did, but initially it wasn't from first meeting you. It was just when we started talking, I made that connection. So nobody at work's made that connection and gone, wait, Scarlett's autistic. Nikki's definitely autistic. The podcast is about autism. Yeah. And then found it. They just haven't. No. 
and they can't work out what it is, which is a good thing that they're saying. Is it about political stuff? Because they know me and you like talk about political stuff from time to time. Is it about veganism? Because me and you are both vegan. Like there was that aspect of yeah. it that they were both that everyone's been trying to guess, but no one's gone for the autistic thing. So you know, in that sense, it's kind of the same. Nobody ever realised it with you, uh, so they haven't made that. Yeah, well, I think a lot of people that work there now didn't work there when I first started. And with me, it would be most obvious when I don't know people because I'm super uncomfortable around people I don't know, which if you remember when I first started, I didn't talk to anyone. No, yeah, but like, say even then, I didn't think autism. And obviously I would say that I'm really good at spotting autistic people. It's something that I've got like a talent for. I've I've helped like a few people now get diagnosed through people that didn't even realise they had it. I'm good at spotting it in other people. And I wouldn't say that initially I thought that about you. I just thought you were shy. Um, And then I just thought you were, yeah, you hid a lot in your hair. Yeah. But I just thought you had a lot of hair. I didn't think like you were hiding your face or like staying hidden away from people or hiding your facial expressions from anyone. I didn't want to look anybody in the face. And you're using your hair as a as a protection because when you first started you had a lot of hair i've got really thick hair i mean i i had really long hair then yeah. as well but yeah my hair naturally is really and like thick, some girls so. just have big hair that's all over the place so i just thought that you didn't mean for it to be in your face all the time but it was so like do you know what i mean like wild yeah. and all over the place that i just figured that's what it was yeah um, so I didn't really think anything of it. It didn't occur to me that you were, like I say, we, we'd worked together for a while. It had to have been a year or so until I started talking to you. That's when I was like, wait a minute. You And it wasn't like anything you'd done in particular. It was just stuff you explained about how you like and how you react to stuff. And I was a little bit like, yeah, that's... Uh... But like after one or two, I was just like, yeah, that's coincidental. That's a coincidence. Yeah. But then after like the eight or ninth thing that you were listing, I was just like, all right. Okay. So, I think yeah. it might have been when you came round my old flat and I had my pillow. <laughs> yeah, the pillow was, like I say, but initially with the pillow, I just thought it was one of those things like people that still have like a blanket they had as a child that they'd brought from home because they went to uni and you just still had it, you know. Yeah. It wasn't until I realized that it's any pillow or anything that's of a certain like texture. Yeah. But like I say, you can't just base that on like a couple of things. It took me a while. You just had too many correlating like things that I just thought, okay, it's too many now for it not to be that. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't say that you noticed. And like I say, I, I, I imagine where you are now, nobody's like thought it. No. So, and you're not planning on telling everyone. You're, you're more private. I think even with an official diagnosis, you're not going to tell anyone anyway. No. You're not like me that... I tell everyone um, I don't care like if it wasn't for the fact that you were so secretive about it and still want people even though you don't work with them anymore at where we work knowing they just know about this already yeah I think maybe like because I don't work with them anymore maybe like once I've actually got a diagnosis and I feel very confident in myself that I am then I tell them but yeah so yeah like your diagnosis is literally just for you you're just getting it so you know I know I mean, yesterday I, I kind of thought that maybe you you were doing it because you want fixing. Um, yeah. And they're going to put you in therapy anyway, so you're going to find out about that. But I didn't think you were doing it because you wanted it fixed. And those of us on the spectrum that are listening to this and at home, we all have like days or periods where we think, do you know what? I wish I wasn't. Or I wish someone would just take it away. And there's a few of us that I've seen on like social media that said that if there was like an injection or a pill that they could take and it would be gone they'd just have it 
And then there's others that have said that they would never want rid of it. You know what I mean? I'm one of those people that wouldn't not want to be. Um, I, I, I prefer it, I think. I've, thought, I've seen, like, how NT life is. And, yeah, admittedly, there'd be things about me that would be better, um, you know, and things that I think I could do more about in ways of, like, direction of my own life. But, yeah, I don't think I'd... I don't think I'd choose to not be. Um, but yeah, I was just wondering, because when you said that you thought the therapy would get rid of some of the traits, I didn't know if it was because you'd rather you didn't. And you have already said like a couple of times since I told you about the possibility of you being on the spectrum that you wish that that wasn't the case. And I know you did fight it initially when I first told you you, you were like 100% sure that I was wrong. Uh, and that's not what it is. It's only taken time for you to realize that that's what it is. And like these therapists you keep seeing, um, they've pretty much like said that's what it is. So I think that's just that. But I guess the officialness of it all will make you accept that's what it is. I suppose there's that level of it as well, is that if you get a diagnosis, you yourself will be like, okay, so maybe I am. Yeah. Because you say it, you say it all the time that you are, but you can always tell that you only ever say it when it's just me and you. <laughs> You'll never say it like out loud to somebody else. No. And like I say, it's partly because you're quite a private person and you don't want everyone knowing. But there's also that thing of you don't want to say it out loud in case it turns out that you don't. Like, yeah, is that. Like um, with these podcasts um, in particular, like if the diagnosis comes back and they go, it's not Asperger's, like what do we do about these podcasts? Yeah, I know, right? Like do you just drop out? I and just I, drop and, out. And, and I have to do them on my own. <laughs> yeah. Um... But like I said, even even your guy that's diagnosing you at the moment, even he said in your last session that it would be hard for him to not diagnose you as autistic. Yeah. He said that for him not to come back with a diagnosis of Asperger's, that would be very difficult for that to happen. I think like you say, it's, uh, it's also a mixture of I am a really private person. It's, it's I've always been weirdly private. Like I have a bit of a thing about just telling people random facts about me that aren't important or relevant. But the amount of time, like, if I meet someone new and they're like, oh, uh, I don't know, they could ask me anything, like, where do you live? Um, or, I don't know, have you got any brothers and sisters and stuff like that? And I just think, why do you need this information about me? I don't want to, I don't want you to know anything about me. Like, they can tell me whatever about themselves and that's fine, but... As soon as it comes round to, like, the conversation flips on me, I am a bit like, whoa. Well, you say that's whoa. fine, but I know that anytime anybody overshares or tells you too oh, much yeah, about themselves... Oh, yeah, yeah, I don't like... You listen, but then to me, you're just like, and they're telling me this, and they're telling me that. Why? Why they, I don't need to know this. Yeah, I guess... Yeah, I think... Yeah, I think it's because of the way I am. I do think, like, why... If they start telling me things that are a bit personal, I do think, whoa, whoa... I'm not ready to tell you how many brothers and sisters I have. Like, you definitely don't need to be telling me. Like, what blood type you yeah. are. <laughs> and, yeah, I am I am quite like that. I'm very, I am very private. I'm really defensive. It's weird. Like, like with letting people into my flat or letting people into my car, I'm defensive about letting people into my life. Like, it's interesting that we do this podcast and I share quite a lot because when it comes to getting to know me in real life, it's very difficult. Yeah, but I mean, this podcast is different because when we set this up initially, you came to me with the kind of almost the rules of we can make this, but nobody that you directly know or yeah. have physical contact can ever listen to this. Yeah. So even though we've got a few listeners for this show now, and we do have quite a lot, I think it's, it's grown quite a lot. 
Uh, there's nobody in our Facebook group that knows us in person. <laughs> there's nobody that listens to that podcast bar my family, because your family don't even listen to this because yeah. they're not sure it exists. Um, bar my family, they're the only people that you physically have contact with that will see you face to face that know about this happening. Um, nobody that mm. I work with, nobody you work with. Mm. Uh, Damn. Oh, there is one guy that we used to work with. He knows about it, um, but he he hasn't said anything to anyone, so it doesn't matter. Like, he's he's quite good at that. Like, he keeps himself to himself, and, yeah, I think that's appreciated on your part that he hasn't gone around telling everyone. Yeah, he's he's quite a private person as well. I'd say he's more similar to me. Because I know initially sense. when he found out, you... Like, because somebody that we used to work with found out, and you were like, oh, no. Oh, no, they know, and you had, like, a weird thing about it. But yeah. then somebody you were working with was listening to it while you were still working with him but you were like oh it's good that it's him because he's trustworthy with this kind of thing but i get i get that apart from him then nobody knows about this that you know and that's just how you are and like you do i think and i think that's why you're able to explain stuff better on this because you don't want people knowing i personally have the opposite problem so like the issue with me is and I, I would put this down to my Asperger's 100%. I tell people stuff about myself or I talk about things about myself that for some reason, nothing's warning me that I shouldn't be talking about it. <laughs> yeah. I always do it. I, I just, I mention stuff to people that I've said it and still even after I've said it, I haven't then gone, should I have said that? And I don't get home and think, should I have said that? For some reason, I will just say personal stuff about myself or other people that they've, you know, other people have told me stuff about themselves. But they didn't say to me, don't tell anyone this. And if you tell me something and don't say, don't repeat this or I don't want this passed around. If you say that, then I, I'm like great at keeping secrets. I'll never say anything to anyone. Um, do you know what I mean? Like the stuff you've told me that I have never repeated. Yeah. Um, because you said, don't tell anyone. But what's funny with you is there was something that happened the other day. And I was like, can you um, not mention this to anyone and like not tell anyone? And it was funny because your response was, yeah, who would I tell? Why would I? But And I was like, yeah, yeah, good point. But in my head, I was like, I'm glad I said that. Because yeah. I know what you're like, even though you you wouldn't do it deliberately in a like, oh, I need to say this. You you do sometimes just but yeah if you say don't stuff. if you don't give me the disclaimer like before or after you've told me something to not repeat it yeah. it doesn't occur to like no part of me recognizes that it's sensitive information yeah. or it's one of those things somebody's told me that you know like it goes without saying don't repeat this but people could tell me some like proper intimate stuff or like personal things but I'm listening and I'm just absorbing it but then they haven't said but that's just between me and you yeah. Um, so then I'm just talking to someone. I was like, oh, yeah, you know, she's had that done. Yeah. And then they're looking at me like, what? I'm like, what? You told me. I just thought it was common knowledge. Yeah, like you're not like a gossiper. It's not like you go around d- yeah. sharing people's stuff. But if it just happens to fit with the conversation. Yeah, they're talking about something. And I, oh, I know you, someone that's had that done. Yeah. Um, you will just like, oh, yeah. Well, funnily enough, that. And then you say it and you just think. And it's the same oh. with myself. With myself, it's worse because... I don't understand things about myself that I probably shouldn't tell people because I'm not I'm not thinking a thought in my head and then after I've thought it gone but you keep that between just me and you yeah brain like so uh it doesn't occur to me I I tell people stuff about myself all the time but that's because me saying to someone something personal um I've actually got something in mind but I'm not saying it but like something personal that I think oh I've just said that is this covenant of me going, yeah, yeah, I don't mind that kind of pizza. Like, it, for some reason, like, there's that part of me that can't judge 
what's you know what's private information and what's not and i've never been able to do that i just tell people stuff about myself uh and then sometimes I'll get home and like at the times when I've had girlfriends, they've gone, can't believe you told them about that. I didn't think you would. And then I start thinking like, why? Why wouldn't I? And then that's when it's worse. When someone points out it, someone says to me, oh, I don't know if you should have said that. I then just start thinking, why shouldn't I have said that? And if they don't explain to me why I shouldn't have said it, I start thinking like really crazy stuff about why <laughs> I shouldn't have said it. Whereas with you, like everything's a secret. You don't even want people knowing like what your favorite color is. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? In case it can be used against you. <laughs> yeah. Um, I am like that. <laughs> I am so. If someone asked me just a casual question, what did you get up to at the weekend? I think, why do you need to know what I got up to? At the, why are you asking me? I'm so defensive over everything. But yeah, like for me, it's it's different. If someone said, "Where you go to the weekend?" and this is an example that hasn't actually happened, but say I got arrested yeah. for being like drunk and disorderly, I'd just be like, "Yeah, it was fine. Had dinner. Spent Saturday night in the drunk tank for fighting." <laughs> And then I got up and went home and had some lunch. Like, that's for me. Um, you know, and then someone would be like, do you want people knowing you're, like, <laughs> like an aggressive drunk? And I'd be like, uh, why? Why? I mean, because I'm not drunk now, so <laughs> there's no risk to them. What's, what, why shouldn't I have said it? Um, and I have that. Not that I'm an aggressive drunk or ever been a drunk drunk or any of that stuff, but I'm just no. I'm trying to think of, like, an extreme example. Yeah, no, I get what you mean. Um, and for me, it, it just kind of seems like that's an embarrassing thing that I shouldn't tell people. But I didn't feel embarrassed at the time because I would assume Asperger's has stopped me from feeling embarrassed or whatever. Yeah. Um, and they've asked me what I did at the weekend and that is what I did at the weekend. So, do you know what I mean? It's, it's with that thing when people say that people on the spectrum are like some of the most honest people you'll meet um, and they'll just tell you how it is. I think this is one of those reasons why it's like that is I will just say stuff. Yeah, this is the thing. When I do talk, I don't talk very much and I don't necessarily like talking about myself, but when I do, I'm like that. I And like, I'll say things that are really, I say it and then people look and I think, you know, like sometimes I'll be like, oh, I, I how are you? Yeah, I'm all right, but I really need a poo. And people will be like, <laughs> what are you got? Why have you just said that? And then I think, oh, no, that's not a socially acceptable thing to say. Yeah, I suppose, because, like, with your autism, if you're... It, sometimes you're just caught off guard, or sometimes you you haven't been able to focus, or there's, like, a distraction, like a sound or something, <laughs> and you're not able to have that bit that goes, just keep quiet, and you just say stuff. I think this is why I'm so defensive, because I know that if I'm on the other end of it and I'm talking anything i'll just say i'll just say exactly what my brain is thinking at that moment yeah. but yeah that was a bit of a side tangent there sorry Whatever. yeah i mean this episode's not really had a theme we've done a few episodes in the past that were called random chats this will be one of them yeah this um, was a random chat i'm sorry that there was no theme to this guy no but that's because uh there isn't always and um weirdly somebody suggested in a message that we uh should just talk so it's kind of is based on somebody yeah, listened to this, this was, with a suggestion this was just some thoughts yeah. that i've been having this week Oh, and also, uh, just a quick shout out. I We don't like to name people that have written on pages because I don't know if they want to be named. And yeah. So I don't. But the person that mentioned time blindness um, about me, I've looked into that and you said that's what it sounds like and you do it too. Uh, yeah, that is totally me. Like I have looked it up. Um, and yeah, it's just that thing where you've just been sat and it feels like it's been like 10 minutes and then you're just like, wait a minute, how have I just lost three hours of the day? And what yeah. was I doing? It happens all the time. Um, and yeah, somebody mentioned it and it's like the executive functioning disorder stuff. I've looked it up and it's one of those new additional things that I've got, which 
the executive functioning I've mentioned to this therapist that I'm seeing now and she's agreeing that it's a thing so we're going to get that linked somehow and I might actually get not a diagnosis but get it more recognized and I've also mentioned this time blindness thing and we're looking into that so uh, the person that mentioned that thanks for that but yeah that's it that's it for this week uh, thanks for everybody for listening again it's all been good thanks for joining our Facebook group I have noticed in the group that people are well not everybody but there is like a, a few people that are joining the group and posting like things a lot uh, I am trying to police it a little bit now as somebody said that somebody keeps posting like articles and it's the same article oh yeah like post whatever you want yeah, post if you're a, like chatting post, post articles post links I'm not saying don't um, yeah. but I am starting to look into it now there's no rules in the group and anybody that joins you'll just be allowed in no matter what I'm not going to start like banning people from what I think they might be doing but just know that I am deleting some stuff out at the moment it's just because some of it's a bit spammy and I'm just stopping it from clogging up the feed from people that have like question yeah like we would never delete someone's actual questions or like yeah. comments unless unless obviously someone decided to and if someone's po- write something really offensive yeah and if someone posts yeah. an article that is a genuine like interesting read and it's worth going it's just there's been a couple of people posting the same article repeatedly yeah and i've let the first one go but then it keeps going back up again so some stuff i am deleting out but if i'm deleting it out it's either because it's already been I suppose mentioned to some extent or I just think there's people that are just do you know what I mean just joining just to do this just to feed clog the feed up uh, but I am getting rid of them as I can so I will ca- catch stuff when I catch it uh, it's not like a free-for-all yeah but yeah feel free to join though we are still letting everyone in like I said it's them Asperger's on Facebook there is a private group on there if you want to t- chat and talk to other people on the spectrum about whatever um, most people are really good at helping each other and me and you will try our best to reply as well. Yeah, and lots of people have actually, I, I don't know about you, a lot of people have helped me out quite a lot with just letting me know things and I've just gone, oh, wow, I didn't know that. Thank you. Yeah, but that's it. So, yeah, thank you very much. Bye.